Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast here at Canisius College. It has been, I think, two weeks since uh, we've recorded, just uh, finished up with finals. Pretty slow week in the in the college basketball landscape, but still have a couple things to talk about. So let's get right on it. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Let's do it. I traveled down to Youngstown State University, uh, the house that Bo Pelini built, mm, um, and, and Jim Tressel, the house that also Bo Pelini true. and Jim Tressel built, um, and watched Canisius lose to Youngstown State 71-43. to 43. It was bad. Uh, yeah, Canisius. Mean, <laughs> you know, you, got, you shoot 23% from the field and lose by 30 Uh yeah, that, I would, that, I would that, that's usually bad. that's usually what happens. Um, <laughs> and Canisius has now lost five games in a row. Uh, they only have one win against the Division One opponent this year. Uh, against D one opponents, they're one and nine overall. Two and nine have not won a game in almost in going on a month. Um, and that was a seventy six to seventy five win over Coffin State. Um, on November 24th, it's now December 16th. Um, yes, yeah, the, the Griff shot 15 of 63 from the field. Like you said, that's good for 23 percent. Five of 23 from three, that's 21 percent. Got out rebounded 48 to 32. Probably, probably their worst game of the season. Easily their worst game of the season. Yeah, I think I think he'd be hard pressed to find an, find a worse one. I mean. Right. Green was the only the only bright spot in that game. I mean right. 19 and seven, or excuse me, 19 and nine. Um made made more than half of their field goals on the night with eight. Yep. I mean, what more can you even the rest of the team shot outside Malik Green, the rest of the team shot seven for 48 um on the game. I think that's I gotta do the math quick. That's 14%. Outside of Malik Green, this team shot 14% from the field. Yeah, that's just <sighs> bad, man. Man, I mean, I, I, I'm i struggling to come up with ways. I, I, I can't come up with a way to spin this. I, I can't, I couldn't come up with anything positive to say, um, you know, about that game. Outside of Malik Green having having 19 points, uh, Canisius is one of three teams that are, that it's 0-2 um, in the MAC. They lost their conference games to Fairfield and Monmouth. Uh, competitive in that Fairfield game, not so competitive in the Monmouth game. They lost by 14. Uh, had a loss to Northern Kentucky, and then obviously the Youngstown State game. Um, the other two that are 0 2 are Niagara and Ryder. Um, Iona, two, run through the standings real quick. Iona 2 0, Monmouth 2 0, Fairfield 2 0, uh, Niagara Ryder, Canisius 0 2, everybody else 1 1. Because uh, I don't think we've, I don't think we've, podcasted since uh league play started uh two weekends ago um but anyway canisius is two and nine the only bright spot on this team uh so far this season has been malik green uh in that youngstown state game nobody else scored more than six points uh nobody else shot who nobody in the starting lineup made more than two field goals the entire game 
Nobody in the starting lineup. Malik Green came off the bench, had those 19 points. Nobody – and in 29 minutes, so, you know, good game for him, awful game for everybody else. A complete stinker, throw it out the window and forget about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I got to say, when I was driving – when I was driving back – on Saturday night after the game, um, in that crazy winds, for also yeah, that's definitely um, a fun time. <laughs> um, I, I had a lot of thoughts about the game, and I was collecting my thoughts about this game, and I decided that the roster construction of this team is very flawed. And here's why: I don't think they use the transfer portal very effectively. And obviously the transfer portal, there was what, 1,200, 1,300 players in it over this past offseason. You know how many transfers Canisius brought in from other Division One schools? None. No, say zero, yeah. Not now one. They, now they think about you know it, how none. many Division One transfers from any year they have on the roster? One. One, Malik Green, right? And that is Malik Green, yeah. who is their best player. I think there's something to be said there. All right. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. everybody else on this team is just so inconsistent. Malik Green, every game, you know what you're going to get out of him. You're going to get like 40 to 50% shooting, and you're going to get 15 to 20 points from him on most nights. You know that's what you're going to get out of him. Everybody mm-hmm. else, you never know what you're going to get because everybody is so inconsistent. Jordan Henderson, he's had some good games. He shot two for 12. Armand Harid, he's had some good games. 0 for 6. Amadou Fofana, he's had some good games. 2 for 13. Seam Eitendahl, who we had talked about and talked about at the beginning of this season, saying like he could be that guy for Canisius. 1 of 7. George, George Montlenikoff in the starting lineup, who he didn't start the year in the starting lineup, but he has since worked himself in. He only played 6 minutes against Youngstown. Had 3 fouls in those 6 minutes, too. Had 3 fouls in those 6 <laughs> minutes, too. And didn't make a shot, had no points. I think just the ro- the roster construction here, because the transfer portal is just such a big deal in today's college basketball. It's such an game, asset, right? Such an asset. It's such an asset. They they don't they don't use it. Mm-hmm. They don't use it. And I mean, you look at you look at a team like. Like, I mean, okay, it's certainly different circumstances between Iona and Canisius, of course. You got right, one of the obviously. better coaches in the history of, of college basketball. Of the sport, right. there. But, I mean, you look at what Iona did in their offseason, right? Bringing in Elijah Joyner, right? Bringing in, um, oh, why am I blanking right now? Tyson Jolly. Tyson Jolly, thank you. About him. Right? Yeah. Like, bringing in two guys like that from relatively big schools that – come in and are immediately contributing for them. Right. I mean, you can easily point to that being a big reason that they are currently nine and two and probably when Zelensky is another one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like there are plenty of ways to use the transfer forwarded to your advantage. And I mean, yes, Kanisha doesn't have the pull of an Iona with Rick Pitino, but surely there's some kid out there that was playing you know, no min- talented player, but was getting no minutes at a bigger school that could come to Canisius and contribute or could it just for any school in the Mac, really, you know what I mean? Like, right. Like the trend. Yes. Basically what I'm trying to say is yes, I completely agree with your point. And I think that the transfer portal needs to be used more. 
And I think right. that a lot of smaller schools could benefit from it because like I was just saying, there are plenty of players out there not playing minutes at bigger schools that want to play more minutes and still want to play D1. So right. probably hundreds Be- Because of here's, like here's the thing about Canisius from a philosophical standpoint, right? It's a small school. I mean, Canisius has an undergrad of what? 2100 give yeah, or take 2000 something like that yeah yeah um not not the best facilities you don't have you don't have a top you don't have a top half gym in the mac no you just don't no if you if you look at the other gyms in the mac Kessler athletic center is uh, is in the bottom half agreed um so the facilities are not in your favor from a recruiting standpoint in terms of getting freshmen right? Mm-hmm. The local kids, the kid, you know, Buffalo, it obviously isn't the best recruiting area in the country. I'm not saying it's like this basketball hotbed because it's not. Yeah. Hasn't been, you know, hasn't been, hasn't been for a few. Although I will say, I will say you got Roddy Gale, you got Willie Lightfoot from the falls. You do. They, they you do. do. They are, they are, the falls, especially are starting to produce some more talent. Right. But yes. To, to your point, Chet. Right. Western New York as a whole. No, not quite a recruiting it's, hotbed. It, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying it's this basketball hotbed. But, you know, as you said, every once in a while, they do get, you know, those talented, you you do get a talented local kid. I can only name one local player who has come in in my, in, in my four years of covering this team, who has come in locally and made an impact on the team, and that is to call Molson, who transferred out after two years to go to Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And obviously, to call to call Molson was a guy who did have interest from high major schools when he when he was initially in high school, right? Mm-hmm. But then ended up coming to Canisius just because of some off the court issues. Um, but because you get you get the you get the guys from Europe, you have Maslenikov, Eitendahl, and Yako Fritz. Yako Fritz didn't play on uh, on Saturday. He was dealing with an ankle injury. Didn't play. Uh, I, he wouldn't have made a difference. No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, not saying like, oh, if Yako Fritz is playing, they wouldn't have lost by thirty. They would have lost by thirty, because it was that type of game. But you have the JUCO guys. You have Maggie Brandon, good, you know, good JUCO guy. Abadu Fofana. I kind of thought he would jump into that Maggie Brandon role this year, but he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Armand Haridis is inconsistent, and you know. Uh, Xavier Wong, I thought he was going to have a bigger role than he did. Could, because going into the year, the, the team seemed very excited about Xavier Wong. You know, he's going to come in and be this defensive guy who, you know, I, I, I saw him at the beginning of the year. I watched some of his, I, I did watch some of his highlight tape uh, in like September, October. And in the, I watched him a bit in that exhibition game back in October. And my takeaway was he's a bit raw, but he's talented. And yeah. there, there's some things that like need to be worked on with him. Cause he's got some kinks to work out in his game. Uh, but I mean, he's only played 11 division one games. So, I mean, they're still working on that, but I, he hasn't been as good as I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously he's still a freshman. So there's still some, there's still some time there. Um, but I think just going back, like they need to use that transfer portal because I think there's something to be said for, the fact that Malik Green is the only transfer from a Division One school on this team, 
on the roster and he is their best player. I, and there's, and there's nobody else and everybody else is inconsistent and, or not that good of a player. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 I think agreement. because they're looking because if, I feel like every single game, yes, you know what you're going to get out of Malik Green and you go into every game thinking, okay, who's going to be that second guy, that third guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and in one of these games, where you don't have that guy, this is the result. You lose by – it was 28. I mean, Malik Green, like, threw up a layup at the buzzer and it went in. So, technically, they lost by 28. They lost by 30. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same difference. This is the result when you don't get that second guy, that third guy. Yeah. You know? No, I I, I, I think that I think that's I think that's the problem. And I think at, from the jump of that, they're not getting that proven division one talent because you can go in. Cause like you said, you can get a guy from, you know, a power six school um, that didn't get a lot of playing time. He can come to Canisius, play 30 minutes a game, maybe average in double figures and, you know, be that more consistent guy game in game out. They just don't have that. Yeah. No, they so, don't. And and that's just – and that is literally just a matter of recruiting better, trying right. to, you know, reach out, maybe use the transfer portal more than you currently are. Like, I don't know. Like I mean, there's... like I said, and let me also say, like, I mean, we don't have, like, that many behind-the-scenes sources. We have no idea what the recruiting process is like or how that works. But right. at the end of the day, you would think that there has to be more out there for you. Right. Like, and, that, and you can't, and you can't say, you can't use the excuse of, oh, there's not enough talent in the transfer portal. There's thousands, was, a thousand players. There, there are literally in the thousands of, it's over a thousand players in the transfer portal every year. And that number increases by the year. Mm-hmm. It, it was probably what, about 1,300 last off season? Yeah. Give or take. Like that. I don't have the exact number. Yeah, at the, at, at I think peak, it hovered around at its peak. I would think so. Yeah. I believe it hovered around there. Yeah. So you can't say there's a lack of talent there because there's not. This is true. And, and, and they, they don't make that excuse. I've not heard that from anybody on the team. Right. But they, they just have, they have to recruit better. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's my issue with, you know, this team right yeah. now is so uh... from a philosophical standpoint, obviously they're not good on the court right now. They're, they're not. They haven't won a game in almost a month. Their only Division One win is against Coppin State, who's one of the worst teams in Division One. They're coming off this, like, crazy, crazy road trip. Uh, they only beat them by one. Check, check out my man Kevin Sweeney's story for uh, yes, Sports Illustrated. Yes, I saw that. I read day. that. Yeah. Great story. Great so, story. Yeah. So so just to, the, just to the listeners, check out that story if you can. It really gives you um, – like a behind the scenes look at life on the bottom of division one. Uh, Cause I know, I know I brought up Coppin state schedule um, at least once, or at least I tweeted about it, but it, it was crazy in November, early December. But anyway, yeah. A one point win against Coppin state and then, a, and then a win against the division three team that counted. But then after that, you have lost every single game. Correct. And <laughs> How many of those were about the double digits? One, two, three, four, 
five, six of those nine losses were by double digits. Because you lose by 10 to Miami, 12 to East Carolina, 10 to Cleveland State, uh, 14 to Cornell, 14 to Monmouth, and 28 to Youngstown State. And the crazy part is, too, like, I mean, we'll, this will be my last point on this. We can get going. But, yeah, like, just the fact that the Miami game, I thought they played well. St. Bonaventure, I thought they played really well. You know right. what I mean? Like, they've shown Cleveland flashes. State, they played well in the second half. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they have shown flashes, but just over this last stretch of games, it has just been so inconsistent. And that Youngstown right. State game was just the icing on the cake of a really, really bad stretch. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I mean, you know, yeah, you, I mean, this, you, this is a team where we're going to be, they don't play again until Saturday, but this yeah. is, this is a team where they're, they're probably going to lose that game to, to Buffalo. I, I would imagine they will. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to, they don't have another game until the 22nd. They're going to go almost a month, maybe a month plus without winning a game. Yeah. And I mean, like, that, that, you that, have I mean Florida Gulf the, Coast, Florida Gulf Coast on the 22nd. You would think that's a winnable game, but I mean, who knows? You know what I mean? With this, I mean, you just lost by 28 to Youngstown State. Yeah. You know, and, and then you start league play. You, you got to work out those kinks because then mm-hmm. you already started 0 2. You already have two losses in league. Like, right. Granted, Monmouth is the second best team in the MAC. Fairfield is probably the third best, I'd say. Um, but yeah, you can't. You got to win one of those games. The because you start the you start league play with uh, St. Peter's and Siena, both on road. You got to win one of those games. You have to win one of mm-hmm. one of those games. You just have. To. Without a doubt, like there's no way around it. Because then you're zero and four. And you're in that losing the town. Well, we're already old four, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, yes, like we've said in, in the last few years, the Mac is a league where anybody can be anybody on any, any given night. But yeah, usually we've seen in the past couple of years, there's usually one or two teams like on the bottom. And Canisius should not be one of those teams on the bottom. But I, at this point in the season, I fear they're going to be. Yeah. So that that's my that's my philosophical thought. I was about um, to say, is the, does that the end the, does that I think end that the, all uh, comes back to roster construction. Like yeah. I, I started this with. Yeah. So does that, so, does that conclude the yearly Canisius is really bad right now? Rant? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully we only have one this year. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see if there's another. Oh, um, well, I guess, I guess you want to, you want to talk about the other, the complete opposite side of the max standings and talk about how good Iona and Monmouth have been. Yes. So we'll do that. Yeah. Iona is now nine and two uh, overall. They beat Yale on Sunday after starting um, league play two and oh with wins against Marist and Ryder. Um, I mean, we, we've said so much about, about Rick Patino's squad and just how good they are. And we use them like as the, as the stepping stone or as the, you know, comparison to the rest of the uh um as, as to the rest of the league sorry I, i'm looking at rick patino's twitter right now oh yeah and i he got was, uh, he, was, he was going off earlier uh, yeah that, that was interesting so i guess i guess seton hall has covid maybe <laughs> uh, because he, he tweeted at he tweeted at 115 rick patino tweeted this 
For all those that are asking, we have not been notified that anything has happened to our game versus Seton Hall on Saturday. To my knowledge, the game is still on. And then at two, then at two eighteen, about an hour later, short notice. But anyone out there interested in playing us at three p.m. on Saturday in the world's most famous arena? And then the forehead slap emoji. And then, so yeah, Seton Hall. So I guess Seton Hall is having some COVID issues right now, which COVID is starting to make its way back into college basketball. Even the, I mean, um, even the world of sports, period. Which, which, we'll, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but then he tweeted again at 525, Gale Nation, if we don't have an opponent by noon tomorrow, we will try to get a makeup game down the road. Um, Seton Hall was scheduled to play Iona um, at Madison Square Garden on Saturday, and it sounds like for at least Seton Hall that game is off. Um, I retweeted a tweet from Jared Grosso, uh, the head coach at Vermont, because he wants he wants to play Iona at the Garden on, uh, or uh, so. I, I think that Iona versus Bryant, I think that'd be interesting. Anyway, um, <laughs> Iona's only losses are to Belmont and Kansas. We've talked about that. They have that win against Alabama, which I, I want to talk about Alabama and their, and their most recent game. Um, in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Iona. And, and then now you have that Iona game called off. You have a, a barn burner at the garden between St. John's and Pitt. Oh man. Anyway. God, God, <laughs> man, why are they subjecting people to that? I, I, I you would have know. to pay me to watch that game. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, Speaking of, Monmouth has recently played St. John's and Pitt since we last talked. That didn't uh, happen. They lost to St. John's, beat Pitt. Monmouth was favored in that Pitt game. Did you know that? I did not know, really. <laughs> that game was at oh. Pitt, and Monmouth was favored by a point and a half, and they won by four. That's hilarious. I did not know <laughs> that. That's fantastic. And then they also beat Yale. So this Monmouth wow. team is really good. Yeah, I know. I mean, you look at – you just look at their their points, guys, right? I mean, you got right. four guys in double figures, and all four of those guys can go off on any night. I mean, Shabar right. Reynolds has been fantastic. George Pappas, I mean, it feels like George Pappas has been, you know, a staple. George Pappas is so fun to watch, man. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's just been a staple within the match right. for, for so long now. Yeah. I mean, Walker Miller's been playing very well. Marcus McClary's been playing well. Like, they just have – a really, really solid, you know, uh, quadruple. And right. that, that it's tough to stop. That's really tough to stop. I mean, Shavar Reynolds, if I'm not mistaken, let me, let me look real quick to confirm that. Uh, yeah, they do. Uh, Reynolds is third in the league in scoring. Pappas is fifth in the league in scoring. So you okay. have two, two top five scores on your team. Um, Walker Miller has been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, because he transferred in from UNC for this year. He's a grad transfer. Um, that didn't really play too much at UNC. Um, well, I, I didn't really play at all at UNC. Um, but yeah, he he he's one of those. He's one of those guys, right? He's we were just talking about. Yeah, there's a perfect example. That's a perfect example. He didn't play at UNC. He was only averaging two three minutes a game. He comes into Monmouth and he's a stud. Mm-hmm. And he'd be even better if he was at a program like Canisius. Exactly. I would be, think because he would have more of a role. He'd probably be the, probably the second best or best player on Canisius. Right. 
That, that is a perfect example of what we just talked about, Walker Miller. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah, like, like to your point, Monmouth just has those four guys just at the top that are just probably better. I'd probably take that group of four over any other group of four in the league, honestly. Yeah. No, and I think doubt. Monmouth, and I think I've said this before, but I think Monmouth is the only team in this league that can give Iona a run for their money. Really. I think so too. At, the, at this point, at this point in the season, I think so too. Yeah. I think that they have certainly, I think Iona is still the best, but I think that they have certainly right. pulled away from the rest of the pack. Right. But that's no disrespect I, I would, to Fairfield. Fairfield's having a great start to the year, but I just don't see them on that Monmouth Iona tier right. currently. Right. Right. No, I, I think, I think Fairfield is the, the number, the, the solidified number. I don't want to say solidified yet, but probable number three in the league if they can establish themselves as that and i think they have a good shot at doing that yeah i think so too so and i mean you look at i'm looking at mama's schedule here they play colgate and then hofstra before conference play starts on or well resumes on new year's eve so they have a fairly good chance of being 11 and 2 heading into january or heading into the uh the, the resumption of conference play. Right. Because so, Colgate, Colgate is what? Colgate's four and seven. They're they're having a down year. Um Colgate's usually good though. Yeah. Uh then they play Hofstra. Hofstra six and five. They're all right. Um they don't have do they have really any they, eh, they lost they lost by 17 to Stony Brook. <laughs> but otherwise they're lost there to Houston, Iona, Maryland, and Richmond. Oh, forgivable. Right, they only lost say, to Maryland def- by two. Those are certainly forgivable. <laughs> so they only lost to Maryland by two. Speaking of, I don't think we've talked about Mark Turgeon being out at Maryland. Oh yeah, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, that was yeah. that was uh that was quite the I was I I feel like that came fairly out of left field, if I'm not mistaken. I mean that was yeah. That was Danny Manning is running the show there now. <laughs> yeah, he sure is. Oh my god. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, that was an interesting move. <laughs> yeah. Bring, bringing him in his interim. Anyway, um, yeah, here's Maryland's one of those jobs where, yeah, Mark Georgian did win two thirds of the games of his games while he was there. But I think it got to a point where, like, okay, like you can do better than this. And because Maryland is one of those programs that wants to be relevant on the national level, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. I feel like they've always been, I mean, historically they've been, they've been good, but I feel like they've always been kind of like that teeter totter of, yeah, they're nationally relevant. They're really bad. They're nationally relevant. They're really bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it's very, and I mean, oftentimes they're just average, but I feel right. like they kind of teeter right. a couple years between. I think it's, I think it's a relevancy. If you have a good coach at that team, it's a high floor, low ceiling program. At least that's what it was under Turgeon. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're only like, you're never going to be horrible, but you're never going to be a national title contender. You're just going to be like there. Yeah. You're going to be there. Yeah. I agree with that. You're like, you're around a 32 team every year. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. So, and I think eventually they, they got tired of that, which is fair. Um, see, Kevin Willard might be a uh, a uh, a candidate there. I did not see that. That's yeah, interesting. Anyway, they they 
back up the Brinks truck for Bruce Pearl, honestly. <laughs> hey, there you go. Now we're talking. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I'm no, wrong. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I would shit, dude. Why the why the yeah. hell not? Some other some other candidates for that job. I think um hold on, let me let me pull up a let me pull up something here. Um yeah, you know, because you got, you know, who would be, like we talked about Cop and State. I think Juan Dixon could be a candidate for that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could back up the Brinks truck for Nate Oates. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah. That would be very, yeah, you would have to back up quite a Brinks truck, but that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could do Ed Cooley. You could do Dennis Gates from Cleveland State. Then I that would you not could do be Kim English from from George Mason. Yeah, that if would you want to now, that, that would be if you go for Kim English, that's interesting because you that George dude, Mason is that, right there, right? Right, right. Yeah, because George George Mason is in Virginia. Yeah, right by DC. Yeah, and that Maryland job is interesting because it's in a recruiting hotbed and it's at a school that takes basketball seriously. Yeah, Maryland does have football, but. Do it's they? a basketball school you know yeah no you're right so they're gonna pour, <laughs> they right. pour a lot of resources into that basketball hey man program. maryland football had two his brother they did that, that's about all <laughs> they i can also say have maryland mike football that's as their head. yeah <laughs> mike loxley magic true true true, true. <laughs> that, that is also true that is yeah also I, true. I think that maryland job is going to be because danny manning they said it's the interim coach for the remainder of the season I imagine if they at least do all right, he'll be a candidate for the permanent job. I don't think he should get it. Um, no, you can do you can do better. I'd rather take do my chances on. I'd rather take my chances on a Dennis Gates, a Kim English, like you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I'd rather take my chances on that or back up the Brinks truck for somebody else than right. Just roll with. I feel like Danny Manning is very much so settling. Yeah, because that's. I mean, he just got fired not even two years ago at Wake Forest after going. 30 and 80 in league play <laughs> in what was that six years yeah. users i think um yeah eh. anyway i think that maryland job is interesting but uh the rest of the mac we can run through uh real quick because manhattan quinnipiac marist sienna and st peter's are all one and one um you know yeah it's, the t- rest, it's up to that take. middle of the league is always going to be a mess. Yeah, I was about to say it's tough it to take. Is. It's tough to take a lot away through two conference games, right? Because you know I mean? we're yeah, you got twenty uh, league games. You played two of them, so yeah. you're you're still pretty. We still have a lot to go um, for the remainder of the season. A lot of teams, I think, still have questions after ten games because everybody has played between nine and eleven games. Mm-hmm. Every team in the or no eight. St. Peter's has only played eight games. Um, yeah, cause they, they had a, they had a game postponed because Wagner had some COVID issues back in November. Um, uh, but every, everybody in the league has played between eight and 11 games. Obviously some teams still have some question mark. And like you said, you know, it's, it's tough to really do any takeaways after two league games, especially after you split them, you mm-hmm. know? So, no, I agree with that. So we'll move, we can move into national. There's one game. Um, I really want to get into, and, and I and I alluded to it earlier, Memphis on Tuesday night 
uh, home game against Alabama, beats them 92 to 78. Mostly. Alabama is like, I mean, they're a very good team, but right. the fact that they're like, they have beaten Gonzaga. Beaten yeah, that's Houston. an Alabama team that was coming off back-to-back wins against Gonzaga, the preseason number one in the country, a top five team in the country, and Houston, who's a top 15 team in the country, and the best team in the American. And then they go and lose to Memphis. Mm-hmm. So I, I, think that, I think that's weird for them. Um, this, this game I did watch, so I do have some observations to bring up this. Jaden Shackelford didn't play well. Javon Quinterly didn't play well. Juwan Gary didn't play well. Um, you know, J.D. Davison didn't play great either. Um, you know, but I think this game was – I think this game was more about Memphis winning than Alabama losing. Yeah. And one thing that I do want to – because I'm looking at – I have the box score of this game in front of me right now. And I did notice it a little bit as I was watching. Um, I want to talk about the minutes played. Um, Landers Nolly, 36 minutes. DeAndre Williams, 33. Alex Lomax, 30. Jalen Duran, 27. Lester Quinones, 27. The one thing that's interesting is Imani Bates only played 15 minutes in that, that is, game. That was, is interesting, actually. Yeah. Because, and it wasn't like he and, – and the majority of those minutes were in the first half. Hmm. So I, I think that's very, very interesting to talk about. And I think, you know, because this was a Memphis team who I think we talked about it last time um, we talked a couple weeks ago, was Memphis, Memphis was having some issues. It, it was kind of like an older guys versus younger guys situation, mm-hmm. if you were really looking into it. And, I mean, you have Amani Bates, who's – Amani Bates is 17 years old. Um, you know, Jalen Duran is 18 years old. DeAndre, DeAndre Williams is much, much older. Um, he is, DeAndre Williams is 25. So you have a 17 year old Imani Bates on this team. And you also have a 25 year old DeAndre Williams <laughs> and it had become an older guys versus younger guys situation because, you know, DeAndre, DeAndre Williams is probably a guy. He's probably the better college basketball player. But Imani Bates is the better NBA prospect. Yeah. Yes, obviously. Like DeAndre Williams, he's 25. DeAndre Williams is not going to play in the NBA. Imani Bates is going to play in the NBA. Jalen Dern is going to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Alex Lomax, probably not going to play in the NBA. Randers Nollis, probably not. Lester Quinones, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> you know, I think it was because that Memphis, I think this is a turning point in Memphis' season. And here is why. Memphis's program is a program to get you ready for the NBA in terms of how it is run. You know what I mean by that? Like you have Penny Hardaway as your head coach. You have Larry Brown and Rashid Wallace as assistant coaches. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say NBA. exactly. Like that's that whole program. As you, as you exactly just said, like with the coaching staff and stuff, that is seriously like you were going to get so much inside NBA knowledge, how to prepare yeah. for the league like that. I, I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. So, and obviously at this Memphis, Alabama game, there were a ton. I think there were, I think I saw on Twitter, there were about 30 NBA scouts at that game. And yeah. I think this is, 
a game where Penny Hardaway said, I don't care about getting these guys ready for the NBA. I want to win this college basketball game. And I want to put in the guys that give me the best chance to win this college basketball game. And in that moment, that's DeAndre Williams. That's Landers Knox. Mm-hmm. That's Alex Lomax. It's not Jalen Duran. It's not Amani Bates. And Amani Bates, I, I just, I think generally Amani Bates has been disappointing this year. I think he has been. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, Penny Hardaway borderline benched Amani Bates in the second half. And I think he just went with, you know, I want to give my team the best chance to win this game. And I'm going to put in the best players that give me the best chance to win the game. And in that moment, it was those guys. Mm-hmm. And I was watching that game. Memphis played that game with a lot of urgency. Because, yeah. I mean, they, they were coming off a four-game losing streak against Iowa State, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Murray State. And that Murray State lot, that was a bad loss. And it's one of those games where it's kind of like a make or break your, make or break your season. Because they only – because looking at the remainder of Memphis's schedule, they only have three games against teams – right now, three games against teams that are in the top 50 in Ketpon. And that's – you have Tennessee on Saturday, and then you have your two league games against Houston. I think Wichita State could end up as a top 50 Ken Palm team at some point. I don't know if they will. Um, but Tennessee, they, they got Tennessee on Saturday. And then you, and then neither of those Houston games, the first one isn't until February 12th. The second one is the, is the last game of your season on March 6th. So I feel like this was almost, you know, you, we're already going to start talking about the NCAA tournament bubble. I think this, this was almost like a make or break game for Memphis. Mm-hmm. And Memphis had more to lose than Alabama did. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, you know, coming off coming off the Murray State loss, I mean, they had lost four in a row up to that point. That's that's a big win. That's that's a right. get right win and a big get right win. So right. I mean, we'll see what they can. They, as you said, we'll see what they can do against Tennessee. So, you got a cupcake game, and you know, then you're pretty much in the conference play. So. Then you're in, then you're in league play the rest of the year. Yeah. So, so that that is that is Mem- as you Will said, Memphis- that's a big win. Like will Memphis? Memphis didn't make the NCAA tournament last year, but Memphis. I, I wouldn't say Memphis was a bad team last year. They just didn't. They didn't have an NCAA tournament caliber caliber resume because there weren't enough opportunities for them to get those wins in league play because they mm-hmm. didn't have the best, you know, league schedule. Yeah, and so I mean this portion of the schedule and and again they don't have a ton of opportunities to to get those huge wins in league play again this year and you got to think like at some point during league play they're going to lose a couple games that they shouldn't lose they'll they might lose a game to Tulane or Tulsa or UCF or Temple or whatever Mm -hmm. because like every once in a while you're going to have those that that type of game we don't know when exactly it's going to be but you know you think it's it'll happen once or twice so, yeah, like you said, I think this is a, a big get-right win, and I think this might be a turning point for them um, in their season. Does Memphis make the NCAA tournament? 
right now I lean to yes. And I'm interested to see what you say about it. I would, I, I would agree with you to be honest. I with lean you. I mean, yes. Yeah. I think, I think they're probably one of the last four in like say hypothetically the, yeah. the, the, the season ended today. I think, I think I would, I would tend to lean yes as well, just on their talent, their win against Alabama. Yes. They have some iffy losses. I mean, I look at Murray state, I look at Georgia to a degree, but right. um, I, I would definitely lean. Yes. So, in terms of making it. Yeah. So, I mean, could this be, I mean, do we look back at this game in a month or two and say like, that was the turning point in their season. I think there's a good chance it is. So that's my, that, that's my thought about, uh, about Memphis. Um, <laughs> another thing I wanted to bring up was last Sunday, Baylor blows out Villanova 57 to 36. That Baylor defense held Villanova to 36 points. Can I just say that Baylor is now the fourth different number one team uh, in the country this year? Yeah. Can I just say that this is the team that this is the defending national champions that lost like their entire friggin' team. Right. And they're now the unanimous number one team in the country. Yep. Like, like, oh my God. How on earth? How on earth? That is incredible. Yeah. Like just, just, just how on earth? <laughs> I have no idea how. LJ Cryer, I mean, he's their leading scorer now. He only averaged three points. He barely, he didn't play much last year. Yeah, I know. And he's coming out and he's leading them to be the top dog in the country again. I mean, right. it's, it's really just an incredible feat to right. go from where they were. You're the top of the mountain and. You know, coming into this year, I would I was expecting them to, you know, they started, I can't remember where they started exactly, but I think somewhere around the top 10, somewhere in the top 10. I think you're right. Um, I was I was expecting them to maybe be, at this point in the year, 20s, low teens, you know what I mean? I was yeah. not expecting them to win the games that they have. Right. You know what I mean? I was not expecting them to be, you know, well, I mean, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt over Michigan State, but. I was not expecting them to win this Villanova game. You know, if, mm -hmm. if I look at the, if you, if you, if you give me this schedule at the start of the year, I'm like, okay, they probably don't beat Villanova. I would think, you know right. what I mean? All their cupcake games, they probably win, you know, Arizona state, they win Stanford, they win Michigan state, maybe Villanova, right. probably not, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. And that sets up that I'm, I'm looking ahead a couple weeks now that sets up a potential matchup of undefeated teams in a couple weeks between Baylor and Ooh, Iowa state on, yes, on new year's day, because I'd, I'd imagine, I'd imagine Iowa state's undefeated going into that game. They got two cupcakes and then that Baylor, Baylor has Oregon on Saturday. I'd imagine they'll win that game. And then they have, then they have two cupcakes and then you start Iowa state mm -hmm. on new year's day. That, that, so that That's a fun one. That'll be a good game. Yeah. That'll be a that'll fun be one. A real, if, and especially if both of those teams are undefeated, which I imagine they will be. Yeah. Um, that sets the stage for quite the game. It does. Um, quite the game. How many how many undefeateds do we have left in the country? Hold is on. San Francisco still undefeated? They are. I was gonna say is San Hold Francisco. On. I gotta go to the. I gotta go to the college basketball Reddit. They do their. Uh, we have their undefeated one, two, three, Hold on. four, Where five, six, seven. 
I believe so. It's seven. Because I'm seeing Baylor, Arizona, USC, Iowa State, LSU, Colorado State, San Francisco. I think you're correct. That would be seven. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I believe that is correct, yeah. Because I'm looking at the, the college basketball Reddit. They do a fun map where it's uh, – the, I don't know if you've seen it. It's the closest undefeated team to each county in the country. And yeah, it's seven. It's seven. Yeah, I'm looking at correct. Ken Palm's Twitter now because Arkansas was the last uh, remaining undefeated team to lose. Mm-hmm. And they lost – when did Arkansas lose? Was that Saturday? Yeah, they lost on Saturday. They got blown out by Oklahoma and Porter Moser. Um, yeah. Porter Moser doing a hell of a job. At yeah, he is. I was, yeah, I was just about to bring – Oklahoma, just about to make by the way, he's got him at eight and two. I was just about to make that point. Yeah. Right. If they can keep winning some games, they're on the trajectory to be ranked here in the next week or two. Right. Every team in the Big 12 is above 500. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Every every single one. Yeah. The Big 12, Big 12 conference play will be fun this year. The Big 12 is going to be great. I mean, you have – how many Big 12 teams could, can make the tournament, you think? Because you only have Ooh. nine that are eligible, remember? Because Oklahoma State has a postseason ban for this oh, year. Oh, correct. Right, right, right. So they're, okay. so they're not going to be in the tournament. Let's see here. Let's see here. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Where the heck is the Big 12? Found them. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going to go seven. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. yeah. I would lean seven as well. We'll go seven. I would I'm going Baylor, seven. Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Texas. I, yeah, I don't I, think I TCU makes bunch. it. I don't think Kansas State makes it. I had the same bunch, yeah. Although I will give credit. I mean, you know, TCU sitting at what, eight and one now? Yeah, yeah they, haven't played anybody. they haven't played anybody. Yeah, though. I was about to say, I, don't really th- I was just looking at their schedule. Never mind. I don't give them as much credit. They, they beat um, Utah and Texas A&M, but like, eh, yeah, other than that, nobody else. Yeah. Okay, but they did beat Oral Roberts. They did. <laughs> they did the, beat this, Max. They Asmus. beat him by eight. <laughs> they did they beat did Max Asmus. <laughs> oh, poor Oral uh, Roberts, man. Max Asmus doing this. He's averaging I was, twenty. Yeah, that's what I was. So he's just looking at that. That's, that's why I was like, oh my god. Oh, How's he doing? Boy. Yeah. Damn, they're four and I mean, four. Oral Roberts is yeah. five and five. Five and five. Three season. of those wins are against non-division one competition. Damn, so. what a fall from grace. Yeah. Whatever. They'll always yeah, have gosh. that run. <laughs> they will. They will. Um, Damn. Yeah, so that's – anyway, how that conversation started with Baylor, um, beating Villanova, just one of the best performances of the year, I'd say. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would have to agree, holding the top six team in the country at 36 yeah. points. That's not too at, bad. We're at four different number ones already this year. Mm-hmm. Baylor, Duke, Purdue, Gonzaga. And I think Baylor's got a chance to hold it for a while. At least another couple weeks. Yeah. Because look, look at who they play. I mean, maybe they lose to Iowa State. Because that, game, that game's at Iowa State. Um, well, I think they do have a chance atmosphere. to lose that game, but then that will be – I yeah. Well, if, if well, all the students aren't going to be there probably, but either way, that should oh, be probably a really not good that game's on New Year's Day. Yeah. 
that's, that's too sure. bad. Um, but it's it's going to be an absolute gamut for yeah. for Baylor in, in that league. <laughs> I, yeah, that is a fact, man. They're going to yeah. be you're going to be walking on a landmine every week, pretty much. Every yeah, because they like they're going to have a big game like every week. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> for real. I mean, you're pretty yeah. like you said. I mean, we think seven teams of that conference are making the tournament, so. Yeah. 60% of the time you're going to be playing a tournament team. So Right. Yeah. And that's I mean crazy. Oklahoma they're still going to play Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has that postseason ban, but like Oklahoma State's still a good team. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. They still are certainly a formidable team. They just can't right. make the tournament, but Right. Yeah. That a doubt, man. So May I also I bring up speaking of speaking of the changing number ones, can we just take a minute to appreciate the greatness the sheer sheer greatness? That was Ron Harper's shot against Purdue. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. That was crazy. Yeah. Utterly, utterly crazy. And the fact that that yeah. happened at Rutgers, too, crowd goes crazy. What a moment, man. Rutgers needed that win, too. Mm-hmm. No, they I mean, didn't. Granted, I mean, granted, they just lost to Seton Hall uh, <laughs> on Sunday. But, yeah, that, that, that was a get-right win for Rutgers. Yeah. No, I think um, so, too. Ron Harper had 30 that game too. I mean, he hit he hit the yeah. big shot, obviously, but he was phenomenal all night. 10 of 15 from the floor, five of seven from three. Yeah. Really, wow. really good game for him. Yeah. I, I feel bad for Purdue. First time they were number one in, in program history, then they lose their first game as number one. <laughs> and they almost yeah. lost their second. Because they almost they they lost it. They hit they because NC State took them to overtime. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, man. Yeah, they and then Purdue has Butler on Saturday, and then a couple cupcakes, and then league play. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that feels like everybody's schedule right now. Uh, Power Six team, because, couple cupcakes, then league play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, because we're in basically like the slowest part of this. We're in like the slowest week of the season. Yeah, pretty and much. And there's not a close second. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that's where we are in the season right now. Things are going to pick up next week. I, I mean, there's a – for some reason, they're doing a, a quadruple header at, at, Time Warner, at Time Warner Arena in Charlotte for some reason. Liberty, East Carolina, St. Bonaventure against Virginia Tech, Richmond against NC State. And then Charlotte against Wake Forest. They're doing a quadruple header there for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. It's a lot. It's a lot of teams from around that area, though. So I suppose it's okay. But that's it, 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 weird. Yeah, just a little bit. Whatever. We got we got St. Bonaventure. We got a good matchup at four o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow. So I'm not going to complain too much. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There we go. Now we're talking. So yeah. Um. One more thing I want to talk about um, is is the COVID shutdown. Um, unfortunately, it's been hitting NBA, NFL, NHL pretty hard. Uh, yeah, the past, every league, really. The past week or so. It hasn't hit college basketball as hard, um, which is a good thing. But obviously, like I think it's I think it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, we're seeing it with Seton Hall. There's a couple other uh programs on pause right now cleveland state is on pause they had a game canceled against duke on saturday which 
stinks for Cleveland State. Uh, I feel bad for them. Um, okay, here, here's the tweet from, from Jeff Goodman. Men's basketball team is currently on a pause or have canceled games due to COVID. Tulane, Cornell, Cleveland State, UCLA, Penn State, Seton Hall, Ohio State, DePaul, and Akron. Mm-hmm. That tweet, so that, really, that Seton tweet. Hall and Ohio State are really the two bigger programs that yeah, have been hit the, so the hard. The Ohio so far. State and Kentucky game is off. On mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a, DePaul's game at Northwestern on Saturday has been canceled. Um, Akron game against Radford on Monday has or is postponed. Um. Yeah, it it'll be it'll be fun though because you got Kentucky and because Ohio State had the COVID issues. So instead of uh, Ohio State, uh, North Carolina is gonna jump in and play Kentucky on Saturday. So that'll be that'll be a fun matchup. Yeah, um, that should be that should be good. Yeah, why not on <laughs> on Saturday? I don't know who was UNC scheduled to. Oh, because I think they were scheduled to play UCLA. They were scheduled to play UCLA for some. Or no, was that going to be the other game? I'm very confused. I do not know. I don't know what. It, I I don't think anything is official yet. But yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to see I, like what we were talking about earlier. I'm curious to see if Iona gets a game because that would be really unfortunate for them. Yeah. I I like I'd like to see Iona get a game because. Because that was going to be a doubleheader at MSG, and it was going to be Iona Seton Hall, and then that Pitt and St. John's game. Well, yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> who'd have thought, who'd have thought that everybody be going to see Iona play? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, or well, I mean, everybody going to see Seton Hall too. But uh, nobody, yeah, nobody, wants, that... nobody wants to see Pitt. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. They've lost, how many bye games have they lost this year? <laughs> One, two. They've lost. They've lost three by games. <laughs> oh, jeez. Citadel, UMBC, oh, and Monmouth. They've lost three by games this year. Come on, Pitt. Come They've on. They've almost Pitt. lost five. That's really <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I saw Cable got a vote of confidence, though. Oh. From, well. from Pitt's AD. I don't know why. <laughs> good, but... for, good for him. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm genuinely curious. I got to look up. I'm seeing this from uh, what? Oh my god! What big news? This is this is from I saw this from Kevin Sweeney on Twitter, and I just confirmed it for the first time since the 2014-15 season. Chicago State has won four Division One games in a season. No, they beat IUPUI tonight. Let's They're four go. and seven. They beat St. Thomas, a new Division One team, SIU, Edwardsville, Tennessee State, and IUPUI. Good for Dude, them. Good for them, man. That's good awesome. For, them. Good for the for first them. time since the 2014-15 season, they got four oh, wins. Man, imagine covering that program. Yeah, no, no doubt. Wow, good for them, man. That's the whack that's is good. huge. Is it? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The the whack has thirteen teams in it. Really? Yeah. The hell? Ah. That's crazy. Brandon Canyon, New Mexico State, Cal Baptist, Abilene Christian, Seattle, Stephen F. Austin, Utah Valley, Dixie State, Chicago State, UT Rio Grande Valley, Sam Houston State, Tarleton State, and Lamar. 
they got 13 teams. They got 13 programs in that league. Anyway, <laughs> can, can you tell college basketball is slow right now? <laughs> yeah, we're talking. We're talking about how many teams at the Wackets. Why didn't we open with tell? that? Honestly, why didn't we open with that? I don't know. Yeah, you know um, what? Just for funsies, I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm gonna put my mouth. I have all the ESPN standings open. I'm just gonna put my mouse on a random team, close my eyes, and just scroll up and down until I land on a random team. And I'm just gonna say something about that team, just because. It's okay, a slow week. you do that. You do that. Uh, okay, we're gonna talk about the Charlotte 49ers. Shout out to San Francisco. 49ers. Okay, Ron Sanchez is their head coach, former Virginia assistant. Okay, see, you knew that. I did not know that. So. <laughs> Shout out to Charlotte. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. I, I don't know if you got um, more, but that's all I got. Here, I'll, I'll, that's I'll my do biggest one. contribution for the podcast. Because do I'm doing it because I, I have Yahoo Sports open up right now. So I'll do a random league and then pick a random team. Oh, let's go. All right. Let's that, go. The Big Sky. Okay. This team, Northern Arizona. Uh, they're four and six. They play Gonzaga on Monday. Oh, Let's go. They lost by 29 to Arizona to open up the season. <laughs> uh, they lost by 11 to Washington. They've played UT Rio Grande Valley twice in non-league for some reason. <laughs> oh, <okay>. uh, cool. <laughs> Damn, look and at that. look and at us, that's man. it. Nice. Their, their leading scorer is, because we don't know anything about them, their leading scorer is Jalen Cohn. Oh, from Virginia Tech. Yo. He's the leading scorer. He tr- the, the Virginia Tech transfer. He's averaging 17.4 a game. Go for Jalen Cohn, man. So there you go. I didn't know where he – I knew he transferred. I didn't know where he went. So there you go. Learn Your knowledge every day, on, kids. on Charlotte and Northern Arizona just increased. Yes. Yes, it did, man. This is why, this is why you tune into the Talking Smack podcast right here. <laughs> For the in-depth analysis like this, where we just yeah. scroll through random teams when it's a slow week. Yeah. Oh my god. So there you go. Well, we'll have we'll, we'll actually we have keep... stuff to talk about the next time yeah. we record, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, let's get out of there. Let's get out of here before we keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. could be a new segment though. Yeah, no, I'm down for that. We got a we, slow we just, week. We let's just, just let's just scroll through the standings and pick a random team. And pick a random team and say something about and say something <laughs> nice about them. Yeah, there we All go. All right, so that'll be it for this week's edition of the Talking Smack podcast. My name is Aiden Jolly, alongside Adam Gorski. Good night. <laughs>